you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. Dude. My dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host. I'm slurring the fucking intro. Are you sure you're designated? Adam Stammer, dude. Are you capable of being the designated host? I hope so. I I was only driving go-karts today. so. (laughs) With Mario off the track. I'm your designated host, Adam. And they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. I'm drunk. I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. And this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. Thank you all very much for joining us this week as we kick off our half-assed WrestleMania X7 month. Yeah, we it's it's just like every other thing we do where we are p- planning is poor and shit gets weird. July's so busy. We, Fuck that. It's been busy and we're having a we hard time wrong, negotiating schedules. Yeah, we picked the wrong month. Well, we should have talked about it beforehand because I didn't even know you were going to Vegas in July and I was forgetting about that. I was going to Pittsburgh. Right. And so our plan was last year we did for July, we did invasion month and we only did it because we only did it in July because that's what month the invasion pay-per-view was. So we did four weeks of episodes to do with the invasion. This year, our idea was to do a month worth of shows to do with WrestleMania 17, like WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 17 adjacent episodes. And um, we had four of them planned out. Then like a week ago or kind of right before I went on vacation, I realized August had five Fridays, not four. Um, So that already screwed everything up. Yep. Then I realized that we weren't going to be able to record and we were going to have to skip a week of July or we skipped. Well, we what's today. We don't, we've only skipped one Friday, right? No, we'll skip. I don't know. Today's July 10th. Well, this is going to be, this is, I think we're only doing three. We're doing three in August. We're missing the first two Fridays of August as far as WrestleMania 17. So last week you heard uh, the, the matches we wish had happened. So you're only getting three this year instead of four when you should have gotten five. And just everything kind of went to shit. And I had a 150th episode planned, and now that's changed. So, I don't know. What are you going to do? That's that's us. That's our poor planning, as usual. But three out of five is a majority, so we'll take it. That's true. Whatever. Three out of five yeah. ain't bad. You know yeah. what? They would have gotten five episodes if they bought a fucking shirt. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, They'll that's never true. Know. Oh, that's yep, true. Heel know. turn. <laughs> but also truth bombs. Uh, Right. <laughs> so before we get going, I have a couple quick things I want to get to. Go for it. Um, first one is a couple of reviews. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't. I hope these guys still listen. 
but it was like two people left reviews on iTunes like two years ago, but for whatever, they don't show up on my iTunes anyway, or Apple Podcasts. Um, I didn't see them until I went on Chartable and saw that there were two new reviews because I was like, damn, we haven't gotten a review in forever. We still haven't gotten many reviews in forever. So for anyone who's not leaving those reviews, shame on you. But um, I always like to read them. So um, one of them I have the date. The other one didn't have the date. And I don't think it had the guy's name. But if you sent this, you'll know it. Um, first one is great show, guys. But I always feel like I'm, a, I'm the designated driver when listening to you on my commute. Would love to hear a do uh love to hear you you do a prediction episode for WrestleMania 2025. Drunk when I write this, three beers. Um, and actually he said loved that's why I didn't get to the part where he's drunk. That's why that first sentence I stumbled over because he actually wrote, would love to hear a do a prediction episode. So his, <laughs> this review is a little funny. Um, and it says S Pamby via Apple Podcast, Great Britain. And that was from October last year. Um Damn, yeah, is that a time guy, traveler? Actually, yeah, <laughs> right. Or uh, yeah, the other one. I think there was something he said in here that made me think that he might be um, in the UK as well. Big fan of the show, gents. I was a big WWF fan in the '90s, and reminiscing about the good old days through your podcast is Pucka. That's what it was. I was like, "What is Pucka?" And I looked it up, and now I forget what it was. But I guess it's something good. Um, although the wife refers to listen to Kim Kardashian or some other tripe similar to that before bed. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance of you? Any chance of you doing a podcast about the biggest rise and fall of wrestlers from the 90s? Cheers. Um, that's a pretty cool idea. I'm going to put that on my... I think I already did put it on my list. but um, The rise and fall yeah. of wrestlers. Are we thinking like Van Hammer? Yeah, Van Hammer would be a good one. Kerry um, Von Erich? Oh, Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, I mean, you can't fall much further than him. We already right. did the Ballad well, of Ahmed Johnson. Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. Sorry, sorry. Certain things are off limits, and you continue to jump the line. Sometimes I can't help it, and I'm drinking. It's drink, yeah. It's it's. I blame the beer. I blame the beer. It's the Guerrero talking. <laughs> um. So anyway, thanks to those guys um, for leaving those reviews, and um, I think we will do that uh, rise and fall. I think that's a really cool idea. Really good so, idea. I like it. Yeah. Um. So another quick thing I want to get to. This is great. So a couple recordings ago, we were joking around about the AI stuff, and one of you said something like, we won't need a host eventually because of AI. We could replace Adam with AI or something to that effect. How dare you? Fuck you. you. So I was like, okay, kind what of. would AI do? What would AI do if I tried that, right? Obviously, AI can't replace a host, but I was like, AI could write an intro for a, a drunk wrestling podcast. So I went into the AI app. I forget which one I use. Um, it's in my phone, but... I'm not going to look it up. And I just wrote something like, write me a podcast, write me an intro for a uh, drunk wrestling podcast or something. I forget exactly how I phrased it, but that's what I did. And it gives it to you in text. And then I put that into the text to talk so you could hear it. So here we go. This is AI came up with an intro for, um, not for our show, but for the same concept of a show. Welcome to Ringside Refills. The podcast where we bring you the ultimate tag team of two great passions, drinking and watching wrestling. I'm your host, and I'll be your personal ring announcer, guiding you through the exciting world of professional wrestling while we raise a glass together. Whether you're a diehard wrestling fan or a casual viewer, this show is the perfect blend of action, entertainment, and refreshing beverages. So grab your favorite drink, take a ringside seat, 
and get ready for a podcast experience that hits you with all the excitement of a high-flying body slam and the satisfaction of a perfectly poured pint. Welcome to Ringside Refills, where the bell rings and the drinks flow. Isn't that genius? Damn, coming up with catchphrases, fuck. Okay, but wait, yeah. wait, wait. What is a high-flying body slam? I don't know. I don't know. That's like the one, but that's the one blemish on that it, whole it thing. Is. You know, yeah. Anything to do with meat sauce slammers. <laughs> yeah, ringside was, refills that's that's ringside refills good. isn't that yeah. a great name yeah damn it yeah i did that you know what i did that we were um, we were driving down to southern california a couple weeks ago and we chris and i were talking about it and i just did it while we were driving and we were laughing our asses off <laughs> <laughs> that's great it was funny as hell yeah yeah it's brilliant oh, i'm trying to see if that domain name is available ringside refills <laughs> Actually, we could, we could change up the uh, the drink up and call it the ringside refill. Oh, that's great. That's a better name. It's the third name we would have come up with, right? It's not like we haven't changed the name of it before. That's true. It was 205 Jive, so 205 why not? Jive. All right. You hear that, Adam? From now on, the drink up episodes are referred to as Drunk Wrestling History Ringside Refills. Ringside. There it is. Ringside Refills is available. <laughs> and there you go. That's fucking great. And I'll, there you go. See, I'll drop none of your hard work with AI went to waste, dude. We pulled something from it. Excellent. So, and that's all I've got. I mean, so, I mean, it just happened. We had to parody an active show of WWE, but thank you AI for for taking us to this new era. Um. <laughs> also, really. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, one last thing. We are now going forward, assuming this all just works out. Um, we now have, um, we're using StreamYard instead of FaceTime, and we're now able to record that and put it on YouTube. So we're finally, I had no idea this was a free app. I thought you had to pay for it. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not paying for that. But um, we found out it's free and you can record it. So going forward, our YouTube videos are going to be, you'll actually see our chat. You'll see us on there instead of just, it's always been just a static image before. We get way more listeners on the podcast platforms than on YouTube. But if you want to check it out on YouTube or if you already do, it's going to get better. Yeah. Like you used to masturbate to our voices. Now you can see our faces while you masturbate. So that makes it better. I think we're always here to help. Whatever gets you off. You'll be able to see drunk wrestling nip slips from from our historians. Here we go. go. First dose. There's there's the first first nip slip. Your regular Janet Jackson, dude. Well for done. those of you who want, yeah, like if you like if you want to masturbate to us, like Scott said, there you go. And uh, <laughs> Janet Jackson, yeah, a forced uh, wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> nice. By the way, uh, oh. if if you happen to have an unfortunate uh, situation of uh, experiencing a nip slip and you need something to cover it up, why don't you head over to whatamaneuver.net, <laughs> buy a drunk Solid wrestling Adam. history T-shirt. Tank tops, hoodies, well onesies yes. uh, for the miniature drunk marks and drunk marquettes that you have. Uh, drunk Wrestling History logo loud and proud on the chest, covering up those nips. And you can look like a true Drunk Wrestling Historian. Head over to whatamaneuver.net and buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. And Eddie, that was living proof why AI could never replace Adam. And that's why we keep him around, even though he's late for everything. <laughs> 
Well, Zante, he's worth he's yeah. worth dealing with on uh you know every once in a while he has these moments of brilliance where you're like yeah that's why I put up with him hey at least he's not your girlfriend being late with everything you, right you were on time today though you were supposed to be ready at six you were ready at five fifty nine yep well yep. done Adam I try, <laughs> I try it's it's an improvement also uh what do we have to drink oh well, I already mentioned I'm drinking the Chavo beer and I'm only drinking one tonight so this is our second episode of the night but I just came back from a week of drinking every night in Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm giving the old liver a break. I don't want to go too hard on her. No, no more three rivers anymore in Pittsburgh. It's dry. <laughs> yeah, I drank all three rivers dry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm following suit. Los Guerreros. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Love it. Thank you, Alasta Brewing and Chavo Guerrero for making a great beverage, who will also be featured in uh, this episode. Yes, he is. And then I, I have some Sprecher. Fire brewed root beer. Ooh, this might have been. This might have been from that uh, shop we went to uh, after the British or the Irish breakfast. English breakfast. The English breakfast. Close uh, enough. Either way. Uh, it Irish may have been breakfast from would have been store. a balanced diet of a beer in each hand. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Guinness and an Irish coffee. Right. We almost 150 episodes. Balance like that, we've yet to have an episode involving Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> and we never will. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not, no. I'll pound a Mickey's or a St. Ives with you, dude. Oh, I did talk about doing that on episode 200. Maybe I will. Would Chow do it? I don't know. We got That's going to take us like another year and a half to get to, 50, 50, to, get to 200. We'll talk about it then. <laughs> For this week's episode, we are taking this back to the year of our Lord, 2001. This is Season 7, Episode 17 on Peacock of WCW Monday Nitro. Ironically, this is The Last Nitro. This is taking place at the Boardwalk Beach Resort at Panama City Beach. uh, And also part of... I think the full proper name of the event that took place is WCW Monday Nitro Spring Breakout 2001, the Night of Champions. So even their final event went by a million different names. (laughs) Brought to you by AOL 6.0. There's no better time to upgrade. Exactly. (laughs) Wasn't that great? Oh, my gosh, dude. Talk about dating your episode. (laughs) That was fantastic. yeah, so they, I have those in my notes. They left those in because those are, and they do that on Raw too. You'll see like um, Mick Foley in a Chef RD commercial because it wasn't a standalone commercial. It was actually part of the Raw broadcast. So they did that in here. They had the AOL 6.0 commercial and then they had the 1-800-COLLECT Then they had a Slim Jim. Yes, they did. Yeah, and you know what? So I was like, okay, this is after they got bought out by um, AOL Time Warner. Or not bought out, but when after the merger, right? With AOL Time Warner. So I was like, I wonder if that's why they're doing the AOL commercial. Was it like some kind of thing? You know, like, hey, we own you now, so we're putting this in the show. So then I'm like, well, who owned 1-800-COLLECT? 1-800-COLLECT was owned by, I think, AT&T or something. So 1-800-COLLECT was not on there for that reason. They were just on there because they put huge money into marketing back then. They Um, were on WWF television too, weren't they? They constantly. Yeah. They were everywhere, dude. You couldn't sponsor TV without seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone under like 25, you would have no idea what 1-800-COLLECT was, but it was a number you dialed to make a collect call, which if you don't know what that is, that's when you don't have any fucking money and you're on a pay phone 
And you're trying to get the person you're calling to pay for it. Right, exactly. And you know so who the rival up. was? 101321. Uh yes, oh, 10-10-3-2-1, wow. which I think was owned by MCI, but I might be thinking of another one. Because there was a, there was another one. I might be mixing up my collect call numbers, but I found a really funny drunk fact about one 800 collect So it was AT&T, I think, that owned it. And then MCI started their own. And fuck, I should have written it down. Um, or maybe I did write it down, but I'm not going to find it in the middle of the notes because I wouldn't have gotten to it. If I come across it later, I'll mention it. But they, it, would, it was like 1-800-something. But what it was was, you know, when you put in letters on the phone, it's still numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Their half-assed version of 1-800-COLLECT was only off by one digit, but that one digit would have been a spelling error. I, I should have written about this down. It's a way cooler story if I can remember the, the details. You must be so embarrassed. But, um, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to abandon this story right now. <laughs> Take it out in editing. <laughs> hopefully I come across... No, I'll leave it in and hopefully I come across <laughs> it in my notes. I don't remember if I wrote it down. It was really fucking funny, though. But what happened was people were inadvertently using 1-800-COLLECT instead of the one that they were trying to use. <laughs> oh, shit. Because the other one picked a bad number that was easy to misspell, and when you misspell it, you're putting... The, the numerical digits was only off by one. So it's getting misdialed. It, so it was getting misdialed, yeah. So people who weren't trying to use one enter collect were. <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, yeah. Right. Um, also, this particular episode of Nitro is eight days removed from the last WCW pay-per-view, which was WCW Greed. And this is six days until WrestleMania X7. Uh, commentator, and it's, commentators are oh, Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson. Is Scott Hudson, is he like the worst announcer ever or is it just me? Did no, I he's just horrible. Hate him or, he's horrible. He's horrible, right? Yeah. He's, he's like, he has that voice, like that really put on like radio. Uh, did he come from radio? Because he has that like radio announcer voice. Like, I have no idea where he came from, dude. As long as oh. I've been watching wrestling and commentators, like obviously you know who Schiavone is. He was NWA days forward. No idea mm-hmm. who Scott. I thought it was Mark Madden at first because I like at least remembered Mark Madden. Yeah, but uh, Scott Hudson was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah, he sucks, dude. He's not very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder why Vince didn't hire him. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Skiavone is a mystery to me why he didn't get hired. Scott Hudson, not so much. Yeah, nobody was more worried about their job than him. I think that night. Yeah, he was making it very clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody um, around the country heard it. <laughs> So this is also three days after they put out a press release saying that they had bought WCW. Yeah. Because um, I was like, I, th- I had to go back and look at it. And the press release is still on WWE.com. And it has the date. They put that out on the Friday prior to this. Because I knew that we knew going into Monday that the buyout had happened. I just couldn't remember exactly if it was earlier that day or what. Right. But they had announced it on Friday. And um, I read a lot of stuff and watched interviews. And Hurricane, and I've seen him say this even before doing research. He was like, we backstage weren't even sure that this was real. You know, like some of them thought it was all work because he said the company would work the wrestlers fairly regularly. Like it was just one of those things that went on at WCW. Like you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on and they would keep shit from you intentionally or drop shit out there for you guys to go around the rumor mill on the backstage that wasn't even true. So he was right. like, we weren't really sure. And he said it wasn't until Shane showed up that they were like, that's when they were like, oh, fuck, this really is happening. So it's like a really crazy night where this major thing happened. The company's being put out of business completely. Nobody knows where they're going. Nobody knows if they're going to have a job. 
and now there's only one place to work where you can make real money. Um, and a bunch of people aren't even sure it's happening until fucking the boss's son of the other company shows up backstage. And also from what I'd heard from a lot of people, they were saying that like the regular WCW people were running the show as normal, but you could tell that the WWE people who came over there, I don't know who else was there, but you could tell that they were actually in charge. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is who booked the show. I don't know who booked the show. Um, I would assume probably someone, well, they announced, um, I think they'd already announced Flair and Sting that week because they knew it was going to be the last Nitro. They just didn't know WWE was buying it the week before. So they'd already announced that match. Okay. Um, the other matches, I have no idea when they were booked, if they were thrown together over the weekend or what. But most of the matches are sort of, I mean, it's like a lot of title versus title. It's all title matches or all the titles were on the line that night. Except for the tattoo match. That was not a title match. Except for the tattoo match, but it did seem a little bit haphazardly thrown together. Totally, yes. 100%. If nothing else, just because it was so many matches with so little time. Yeah. You know, every match was short. Yeah. Yeah. Really short matches. Um, And this includes a world one for the world heavyweight title, which was also title versus title, which we'll get into. A unification match, yeah. But really fast pace. Yeah. So to get into the actual show, the first thing we see your little intro video, you know. Um, the first thing you see after that is Vince backstage at Raw, and he's in full Mr. McMahon character. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. You, and, can, you um, can't see it, but his uh, he's backstage, but his boner is actually at the ring. He's so happy. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. He starts off um, the show swinging his dick. Yeah, and he has said in interviews that he didn't celebrate that night. It was just another day at work, like a, just another um. You know, oh, we made, we had a business decision to make and we made it, you know, and we did what was best for the company, just like we've done a million times before. It wasn't really that big of a thing. And I wouldn't believe that, but JR says the same thing. He's like, we weren't back there opening champagne or celebrating. It was just another day at the office, regardless of how huge it was. But Mr. McMahon on TV is not acting that way at all. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He is. You've never seen him more thrilled with himself. Right. Right. He's just being a complete fucking asshole backstage. Completely. Yeah. Like you said, he's in full Mr. McMahon mode. Mm-hmm. Telling he's, yeah. you know, telling everybody he's got the, the company and their futures in the palm of his hands. And yeah, oh, yep. he's, just, he's, he's eating it up, dude. He's loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get later to um, what was going on a raw that night. Because mm-hmm. um, it was you weren't you know, there was only one part. that was a simulcast. So like this was only going on a nitro. You know, you didn't see this that part on raw. Um so then they go to the ring after that, and it's pretty cool. I like that they did it on the beach. I thought that was kind of cool, and that was one of the things, even though I wasn't a WCW guy, I did think it was cool that they would do stuff like that sometimes, take it out of the arena, like when they did Hogwild, you know. They would do some stuff that just made an episode seem a little special. Right. So I thought it was cool, but they went, they did way, way too many wide shots because there was nobody fucking there. Yeah. You see those, you could see, you see those bleachers. There's clear walkways between yeah. there like and game. the bleachers and <laughs> sell the team sell the team <laughs> sell, sell the, the team. fucking team <laughs> and then even in the three sets of bleachers like a quarter filled yeah <laughs> yeah they should they could have just shot around that i don't know why they did you know honestly it might have been you know the wwe guys were in charge hey zoom out you know it show the people been, there's that- nobody there Maybe they did it on purpose. You know, yeah. they were told to do it that way. I don't really know. Maybe. But Shivani's t- putting over how historic of a day it is. And it's kind of, he's doing his job, but you know, he's nervous. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, Absolutely. 
And then the first person in the ring to start off the show is Ric Flair. And this is when he had that Godfather three haircut. <laughs> he looks, looks like, good. Like, yeah, no, nah, he does nah, not look good. He looks a lot like David Flair, actually, which is creepy. He does look like David Flair. He looks like yeah. David Flair. He touches head and your handle bleed. Right. <laughs> he looks like the Red Rooster, but without the little red thing. You know, <laughs> I always hated him with that hair. Yeah. Um, and Flair cuts the craziest promo I think I've ever heard in my life. Um, he puts over a bunch of former champs and he says Vince isn't going to hold them all in the palm of her hand. So he obviously saw that, you know, and he calls WCW the greatest uh, company of all time, which is funny because of how much he hated Bischoff and Hurd and Russo. Yes. You know? It's the greatest company of all time, but everybody ever run it's a fucking douche and I hate them all. Well, did you catch how he was running down the list of legends? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> dude, the, fu- the craziest thing I've ever heard Flair say, he put Buff Bagwell in the same breath as like Ricky Steamboat, <laughs> Sting, and Buff Bagwell. I'm like, what the fuck is Flair on, dude? Buff yeah, Bagwell. Right. Yeah, right. The hell? Must have been pre-gaming at, uh, the, be- <laughs> at the Boardwalk Beach Resort in Panama City. It was City. spring break, yeah. yeah. With all the drunk rednecks, um, as we were told many times over the course of the broadcast. Yeah, Vince loved pointing that out. as a bunch oh, of drunk rednecks in a yeah. beer hall. Yeah. Um, but the... Cra- Maybe you're right about the buff part being the craziest, but in my notes I had, but you might be right. The craziest part to me was when he points out that in 1981, Vince's dad was on the NWA board and voted for him to be champ. Right. So he's totally breaking kayfabe. He's like, yeah, man, your dad decided I got to be champion. Like, I've never, you know, it's like uh, the cat was out of the bag for years at that point, but nobody came out and just said that. In the middle of the fucking ring on live television. Right, you never heard someone in a promo be like, well, you only beat me last week because that's what they told you to do. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it was crazy, dude. That and he was tells, nuts, he tells, dude. Yeah, and he says Vince has never cut himself five times in a match. Yeah, like, and then gone he's 45 more minutes. Yeah, he's talking about blading. <laughs> dude. Yeah, it was the craziest Ric Flair promo I've ever seen he's in like, my I'm life. He's like, I'm pulling back the actually, curtain on all this shit. Fuck you guys. Yeah, exactly. He's like completely. Yeah, he's like the guys that get old and bitter, you know, and leave and expose the business, like right. fucking, um, like Roy Shire did or um, Eddie Mansfeld. Like, yeah, he turned into one of those, but on TV, on like, television, on a yeah. Show. They gave Flair yeah, he a didn't live go to mic. The yeah, he didn't go to the Sacramento B. You know what I mean? He didn't go to John, <laughs> John Stossel. He just did it right there. Also, it was crazy. Also, seemed like the crowd wasn't really responding. They were just happy to be there, and they were just screaming the whole time. Yeah, I think only yeah, until. Only until he threw down the challenge for Sting, then people started chanting Sting. But yeah. otherwise, 95% of that promo, they're just loud and they're screaming. <laughs> yeah, and you could see that there were there were a few diehards there that had shit paint on their chest and stuff like that. Yeah. Who were hardcore fans. But yeah, probably a lot of the audience was just like, oh, there's something going on over there. Let's go see what it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. Dudes that struck out a spring break and were like, fuck it. I don't know. Let's go watch wrestling then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, At the end of this promo, there's a sign that reads, Vince, first XFL, now WCW, you're a dumbass. And yours is spelled wrong. <laughs> Shocker. That was my next note, too. Shocker. It's spelled Y-O-U-R. <laughs> there, was, there was also still a month until the XFL million dollar game between that night and, uh, and that uh, game happening. Yeah, the XFL wasn't doing well, but it wasn't over yet. Yeah. Um, Dude, regular Nostradamus. Yep. Then a quick uh, Slim Jim commercial with Macho Man in a straight jacket, which was fantastic. That was great. <laughs> yeah, to pad a room. And then it's like the cover of Peace of Mind. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And then you come back and we go straight into uh, a match. This is title versus title. Uh, Scott Steiner, he is the WCW champion with Medeja versus Booker T, the WCW United States champion. One of these wrestlers is walking out with two belts. And this, and this is, opens the card. Yep. This opens, opens the card. The card yeah, so, and second segment. Yeah, so they did do a good job. There was a lot of like throwaway shit on the show, but they did a pretty good job of bookending it with matches. You know what I mean? You open with this, you close with uh, Sting and uh, Flair. Yeah. Well, you really close with Vince, but you know, match wise. Match wise, yeah. Um, this was a cool match. It was short like everything else, but it was a cool match. Um, Booker comes in hot with a spin kick and boom, right away he gets a two count. But then. Um, Steiner beats him into the corner and works him over, but Booker's back on top right away. Like, Booker's on fire. He's looking good. Um, Adrenaline Steiner, through both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Booker already knew he was going to WWE at this point. Um, so I'm sure he's, you know, he's like, I'm not going to go out and shit out a match. Like, I want to leave a good last impression. Right. Right. You know, Shane's here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Steiner takes him outside the ring and he gets Booker against the post and he swings a lead pipe at his face. At and his like, face. Book, Booker narrowly escapes murder. Right. It's like, fuck, and they dude, call, yeah, That was hard. They call him out. He tried to kill him. He tried to kill and, him. Yeah, I mean, and that was a metal pipe. It was not lead. It was not it gimmicked. Was metal. Nope. No, because when you when it hit the post, you know, it crack like that. Like, if there was a mistiming there, like, he would have fucked. But it's like, I mean, guys do it all the time and it's probably one of the easier things to do, you know, and not hurt someone. But still, you know, the way he swung it, you know, Steiner swinging that shit like that. Yeah. Booker T would have gone on to become Eugene. <laughs> God damn, man. <laughs> I mean, he still would have had a job, you know. <laughs> um, so Booker escapes a belly to back back in the ring and he hits a drop kick and he makes a comeback. Um, why did Tony Schiavone call the scissors kick the ghetto blaster? Was it called the ghetto blaster How at that dare point? He? Or I, I guess it was called that. Again, I didn't watch WCW much back in the day, so I don't remember that being called the ghetto blaster. But how dare he? Only one person has the ghetto blaster. Right. Yeah, I was like, Booker T wouldn't rip off. The, I mean, that was a famous move. You yeah. Know? Like, that was a well-known move. So I don't yeah. think. No, that um, caught me by us. surprise, too. Yeah, tweet us to correct us if we're wrong, but I feel like Schiavone had to fuck that call up. Yeah, that was not the ghetto blaster. But yeah. Um, Booker hits a flapjack, does a spin of Rooney, and he hits the Harlem sidekick, and he's about to finish Steiner, but he gets caught in a killer um, great Northern Light uh, Northern Lights suplex. Yeah. Um, by Steiner. So Steiner was fucking good, dude. Like, you kind of forget how good he was because he was so huge at that point. Right. He, he just, you know, you think he's fucking Ryback, but the dude could wrestle. He was Ryback with talent. He could go. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steiner goes for a powerbomb, but Booker sit, does like a sit-up out of it. Like he just rolls his legs off of Steiner's shoulders, lands on his feet, and he hits a bookend for the win, and he's double champ, and I love it. Yeah, it was great. It, it told a fine story. It was short. It was to the, it was to the point. It was sweet. Match over. Love the, yeah. love the authentic, yeah. authentic reaction and very – like, if he was going to go out and continue on to WWE, I think they put the belts on the right person. Totally. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally, yeah. Um, then we get the 1-800-COLLECT commercial, and I did not write down any of those notes. So Shit. If you want to hear the 1-800-COLLECT story and it's, uh, you know, completion, look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm not doing it for you. I just... <laughs> 
<laughs> We're not finishing the story for you. Sorry. No, no, no. You can take this over the goal line. Cody is um, going to finish the story. Yeah, who are we? Cody Rhodes? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Um, then Vince is on the phone with his lawyer. And he's disgusted about the rednecks and the beer joint in the floor in the Florida Panhandle. I love that he specifically pointed out that it's in the Florida Panhandle. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what, dude? If Vince was there, though, it's spring break. He'd be handing out millions if he walked around in that place for a minute. Oh, you yeah. know, he would he would have a fucking great time walking around spring break. Absolutely. Yeah, he would love spring break. <laughs> yeah. The next match. You find many a paralegal. <laughs> <laughs> The next match is a three-way tag team dance to qualify for the Cruiserweight Tag Team title match. The Young Dragons with Kazuhiyashi and Yang. I did not know this was Jimmy Wang Yang. Jimmy Wang Yang. That is awesome. Uh, Taking on two out of three count uh, with Shannon Moore and... Evan Courageous? Evan Courageous, Evan yes. Evan Courageous, yeah. I just had yeah. to look at the name a few times. And then uh, they're also taking on the Filthy Animals of Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. It's weird seeing Rey without the mask. This it is, really is, This dude. is his I last I know we've TV. seen it. Mm-hmm. I know we've seen him without the mask, but you don't see it. You know what I mean? You don't go back. If you don't go back and watch the old WCW stuff, you never see him. But you see him on TV all the time. You see him on TV every week. Yep. So to go back and see that is just still jarring. You know, you're like, oh, my God. Adam, it's what were you going to say? This is this the last time his last uh, TV broadcast without a mask, as far yeah, as I'm aware of. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so this is exactly what I thought. It's a, It was going to be. It's a spot fest. Yeah. What uh, an outlaw mud show. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's my first thing. Eddie and, uh, Eddie and Scott's favorite part, dives. Dives. It starts <laughs> dives. with a bunch of dives. Yeah, dives, Ray, dives, dives. Ray, front flip takedown. Kaz, misty jump over the top rope. Evan Courageous with a dive. Shannon with a spinning twisty. Then Kidman with the shooting star press from the ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you could take your breath. <laughs> exactly. Then it kind of slows down for a second, but not really. You know, yeah. just like kind of everybody sells for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of weird. They never said it was tornado rules, but everyone's pinning each other. Yep. It's just there's no rhyme or reason this match. It's very it reminds me of like a lucha match, you know? Yes. Um but like not like the lucha when, you know, I don't know. Like the lucha that you see that's early Saturday morning on the TV at the Taqueria. You know what I mean? Where it's like I don't know, like El Torito's there or something. It's like move 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 move. You can't even tell who's on what team or what or who's the face or who's the heel. Yeah. Um and then um, Scott Hudson says it's one fall, sudden death, which sudden death is exactly what one fall is. That's one fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one fall. As soon as someone t- takes a fall, the match is over. It's, it's sudden death. It's sudden death. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Wow. Um, I guess what he meant was you only have to pin one team, but it just came off as goofy the way he said it. Um, Ray does a springboard dropkick and he almost falls backwards. Oh, um, dude. Yeah. Talk about balance, being able to catch yourself. Yeah, he caught himself, and he ended up hitting Shannon Moore for the three count. Especially and, with uh, those, that was it. those super parachute uh, jeans that can yeah. easy, easily accidentally step on your shoes yep. while yeah. on the ropes. Um, so it's a really short match. It might have been less than three minutes, and just a lot Something of shit like went on it, and that's why I don't really have a lot of notes. Wanna, it was just that. I say Evan, dives, and then... Yeah. Evan Courageous had one of the closest 450 splashes from the corner. I think maybe he only traveled forward a total of 
two feet, three feet. Yeah. Something yeah. Like right. That. Like his his feet were almost uh, against the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, also uh, Ray gets kicked in the nutsack by Shannon Moore countering a Bronco Buster. And I don't think I've ever oh, seen yeah. a Bronco Buster countered like that. Hmm. I have. Yeah, I think I have to. You have. have to. You have. <laughs> well, I mean, when a wife is involved and she's not in the mood, then I could understand. That. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Scott? <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Um, then backstage, Vince is still on the phone and here's Trish. And it was kind of funny to see Trish. I haven't seen old Trish stuff for a while. She has her old nose oh, and it yeah. had me thinking, cause you know, she changed her nose after she broke it. Her nose has never looked the same. Right. I wonder now that it's broken, if she'll go back to that go old back nose. to the old nose. Yeah. Or is it going to be her current nose? You know what I mean? I wonder what she's going to look like after she takes the mask off. She'll have no nose. Yeah. She'll have no nose. Perfect. She'll go back to the old face. nose, like, like princess Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Where did you get that? Vince, Vince gets on top of her on the couch, and they play a cork, oh. uh, a cork popping sound. Yeah, and then show the fuzz or the the they, the suds they all down over the ground. Foam. Yeah, that camera foam person the had floor. to kick the bottle over. And I was like, dude, was that a rib on Vince or what the fuck, dude? Like, no, they, they were trying to apply that he was coming, coming. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, skeet, skeet, goddamn. <laughs> I love when you cue that up for me. <laughs> Put it right on the tee. And then we're right away into the next match because that's all this show is, is match, 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 match. Yeah, next match rapid is, fire. Yep, for the Cruiserweight Championship, Chavo Guerrero versus Sugar Shane Helms, who is the champion. You might know Chavo Guerrero from being the maker of Los Guerreros uh, Mexican Lager, available at Lost Brewing Company in Covina, California. And Sh- Viva La Raza. Uh, Sugar Shane Helms uh, with a dance troupe. Were those Nitro Girls or? There was a hoe train. <laughs> they were Nitro <laughs> Girls. Okay, I didn't know he had. To, was that a normal thing he did? I, dude, honestly, it? I don't know. But okay. yeah, wouldn't wasn't he the third member of Three Count? He and was. He broke away. Yes. Yep. This would make sense that his ego makes him get Nitro Girls. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Shane starts out on top, but Chavo, uh, takes over pretty quickly and he gives the crowd a look of disgust, which I love, you know, I just love Chavo Guerrero. I think he's so fucking entertaining. Um, and then, uh, Shane does a badass sunset flip from the top. Like he lands like probably dude, he, it looked like he dove like 10 feet. He rolled through it perfectly. Yeah. It was like, he didn't do shit like that as a hurricane. No. You know, um, didn't have to. He didn't have to, you know, the, the, the gimmick covered or not covered up, but, um, the character was enough to get him. The over. character was enough. He didn't have to do stuff like that. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, so big air, but just fuck, that guy could move, man. Yeah. Big air for a roll up attempt, not to hit a move. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, then another quick match. Chavo escapes in a vertebraker only to get caught in another one, which he takes perfectly. He lands right on his back with his chin tucked. Did you catch that, guys though, when down he took sh- it, like his head was kind of like closer to, to Helm's ass? Like he's looking at the mat going, no, no, no. But as soon as he jumps, the head yep. goes out and boom, he took it, like you said, took it absolutely perfect. Perfectly. He did that perfect sit up like a power bomb. Right. And he, la- he landed perfectly. Like that's a really, they that was one of those moves WWE banned. But right. if you get two guys that know what they're doing, you can do it really safely. I know? believe I mean, Modest I, was the first one to bring that into WCW. 
Maybe. I didn't really see much of his stuff there. I know him. It was only for a minute, but he brought that with him and he actually started to get over because of that move. That's not surprising because that dude was, he was really good. He could do a lot of Oh, fucking Modest was awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I would love to do an episode on Mike Modest, but nobody, you know what I mean? He had such a, as far as on a national level, so few people saw him. Right, right, yeah. But But at least to get appreciation out there, you know, put some respect on his name. You go back and watch his APW stuff. He was fucking great. He really was, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Before we go any further, just a a few other just general quick notes about this. Uh, The Raw that we keep uh, going back and forth to, this is taking place in Cleveland, Ohio at the Gund Arena, which would be the exact same venue as the Invasion pay-per-view just a few months later. Uh, well, fuck, dude. We get knowledge. two shows a year. They got two shows in fucking three months. Yeah. Bullshit. Cleveland rocks. I get. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, um, commentators are Paul well, Heyman also- and Jr. And uh, this is this is also one week removed from Chris Jericho taking a piss in William Regal's tea. <laughs> and I think on this episode is when he came out dressed as Doink. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, I wasn't going to get into it till later, but I totally forgot, but since you brought it up now, I totally forgot that Raw and Nitro didn't air at the exact same time at this point, because Raw had moved up an hour. To yes. 9 o'clock. They did, they did 9 to 11, because what I did is I put on the Raw to see, because I knew there was the simulcast, obviously, but I was wondering if the backstage stuff, like with Trish and all that, was happening on Raw as well. But um, the first hour of Nitro, Raw wasn't even on yet, so none of that was happening, you know? Um, I totally forgot that, so... That was, and also I remembered, I remembered the simulcast happening in the middle of the show on Raw, not the end. Yeah. So I was like, wait, why is it at the end of Nitro? I was like, am I fucked up? Did they not air at the same time? And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, right. Raw had moved up an hour because when they went, when the show started getting crazy, they wanted that second hour to be after 10 o'clock. Yep. And actually after Nitro ended on the network. So when you Mm -hmm. go back and you watch that Nitro now, they'll let you know what's coming on to Raw if you stay tuned to Raw. They talk because that the main event that night was Rock and Austin versus Undertaker and Kane. That's right, because it turned right after the Simon. Well, let's get to that when it's when it's when we get there. Yep. Also, also um, really quick, uh, drunk fact: this is uh, this is our first episode covering a regular weekly program. Oh, yes, and I have full. a few more that I want to do. Yeah. I have a couple more that I want to do. Um, I got a list as well. Um, then you get a quick you get a quick Booker T promo after that. Um, his audio is fucked up to start, and the camera operator keeps casting a shadow on him. And uh, I, mean, like, I can't wait right? to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of funny. You know, they're just fucking up. Um, and he says that he will prove that he's the best to each and every sucker. And he also says he says that he always says, "Don't hate the player, hate the game, hate the game." Yeah. Which I don't think I ever heard him say in WWE. Yeah. I no, I think, think he, he dropped did. it by the time he got there. Yep. Just uh, fun to point out. Uh, the next match is for the WCW Tag Team Championship. Team Canada with Lance Storm and Canadian killer Mike Awesome taking on the champions Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. And I think what they did was Storm and Awesome came out before the commercial. Yep. And then when they come back, we get Vince and Trish in the back again before Palumbo and O'Hare come out. Yes. 
and they're done. They're dressed, and they get interrupted by Cole and his frosted tips. Yep. And Vince tosses his ass. Yep. Get the fuck out of here, dude. You can see you can see I'm busy, right? Yeah. yeah. How you feeling look, about your job security, pal? Look at her. Yeah, right. You know how many announcers I could bring in to replace you, asshole? But, <laughs> but, but here, let me build on that. Uh, if you were eating in and out and someone were to accidentally walk in, do you prefer Michael Cole rather than someone you personally know? Because Michael Cole didn't seem interested that there was any hanky-panky going on. <laughs> well, he's a professional broadcaster. He's a- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's a pro. He reported on the Gulf War or some something. <laughs> or Kosovo. Maybe it's Kosovo. He's a pro. He ignores that smell in the room. Yeah, if he has a goal, he just wants the answers. Just I think it smells like poutine. <laughs> it smells <Damn>. like sushi. <laughs> uh, so in the match, we get Storm ties up O'Hare, who tags out, and then he tags out again. Did you catch that? O'Hare he tags. Did? Yeah, he tags. Um, what the fuck's Palumbo. name? He tags Palumbo. Palumbo. Palumbo doesn't get in, and then Storm kind of does something to him, and then he tags him again. It was like. Nobody recognized that tag. I mean, he reached over there and tagged him, but nobody did anything about it. It was weird. It was just a weird, it was a little miscommunication, but it was like, how do you not get in when a guy tags you? It was WCW at its finest. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Gonna go out on top. <laughs> um, uh, Storm snapmares Palumbo and he holds him down for Awesome to shoot himself over the top rope for a splash. And, um, Awesome was so badass, dude, to just slingshot himself right over that top rope like that, as so big great. as he fucking was. Do we even you know, need to sing his do- praises anymore? I mean, really, like, we've had shows about that guy. Like, it's very clear we fucking love Mike Awesome. I think that's it's true. just yeah. necessary for any new listeners that we gain along the way. It's just necessary true. to keep that education going about how Mike Awesome is humongous, could launch himself and wreck bodies up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He fucked people j- up. You're right. That's, you just that's need, exactly right. You just need a constant reminder because we'll gain people along this journey. Yep. yep. You got to go watch Mike Awesome matches, specifically the ECW show from 2005, One Night Stand. Got to go watch it. That Masato mm-hmm. Tanaka and Mike Awesome match, one of the best ever. And then, li- yeah. and then listen to our watch along of that on on YouTube. Can you do it on Spotify and iHeart? I think it's gone by now. Okay, I think but, it's too many episodes but back. But check it out on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Um, so Storm gets back in. He takes a slingshot into the corner, um, get, takes a pin, roll, you know, comes back out of it, takes a pin, kicks out, and he hits a seated drop kick, and you get the first double down of the night. Yep. So this is the first match that's getting any real time and any kind of really working like a regular match because every other move, uh, even the Booker match was so fast and they did so much stuff in it. Like this is the one they're finally got a match with. Shit's getting a little bit of time to breathe. Yeah. Um, and then O'Hare um, gets Mike Awesome at a fireman's care and he slams him down right on his fucking shoulder and I'm like maybe that's why he didn't do much in WWE he really you didn't know? it was just it was just sloppy it just looked sloppy you could see that you could see that Awesome would have landed okay O'Hare just did it he looked awkward when he did it yeah. you know um, I mean maybe maybe I'm blaming the wrong guy I don't know but to me it looked like O'Hare fucking dropped him goofy you know well maybe like you said maybe there's a reason he wasn't around long yeah right um, yeah, for as good of a look as he had, he didn't have the career he should have. Right. Um, they do some double team shit and they end up with awesome and Palumbo on the ring. Palumbo, um, escapes an awesome bomb and he hits a super kick and, um, O'Hare hits a senton bomb, which is a badass. He does look good doing that senton he bomb. Does. He, he could have made a little more contact. Yeah. But I give credit where it's due. It looks really good. 
it looks fucking great and you know safe because he did. I mean, almost too safe because he kind of just rolled off him with the back of his head. But it looks fucking awesome. Yep. So you know, to go for you know my, my previous uh, comment about O'Hare and this one are uh, vastly different from one another for sure. But uh, he did have his limitations. But um, and that was the end of the match. They won with that senton bomb. Yep. Our next match is Sean Stasiak with Stacy Keebler versus. Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow. This is a stipulation match. If Sean loses, Bam Bam gives Sean a tattoo. Mm. Yeah, which is mm. stupid. Yeah. It's a dumb idea. Um, the match wasn't any better than the idea. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the mat. No, you're right. Um, everything about this was bad. Stasiak called himself yes. the Mecca of Manhood, which is the dumbest. Even that kiss that- thing I've ever heard, and he must have come up with it because we know he's a fucking moron. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that kiss he gave Stacy, that was weak. It was weird. And I mean, the yeah, the part of the match that seemed to have the most potential was Stacy coming out in glasses, but then she took the glasses off and started talking and then ruined that. Right. Um Bam Bam comes out with like a pelican case or some shit, some kind of big like wrote like a I don't know, like a plastic case. Yeah, it was a carry. tattoo case. Oh, it was a tattoo case. I didn't even get that. Yeah, because oh, Scott Hudson. Yeah, because Scott Hudson mentioned it when Bam Bam came out, and he goes, "Oh, there's the tattoo gimmick." Oh, okay, all right, dumb. <laughs> uh, no, a hundred percent, dude. And this was not like I've always said. Bam Bam is if he's not the number one big man of all time, he's number two behind Vader. They interchange yeah. for me. This is not a shining example of what Bam Bam could do in the ring. If you want to see what that is. Go watch his stuff in like mid '90s WWF, and then his ECW run. This is not an example of what I'm talking about with Bigelow being one of the best of all time. It's a very bad way to close out a career. Horrible, absolutely horrible. He's wearing a fucking T-shirt over mm-hmm. his. Uh, it's just bad. I don't think he went to. Yeah, I don't think he even went to TNA. If he did, he was only there for a minute and didn't do much. I, I think this. Might I have don't been, remember him there, dude. This might have been his last nationally televised match i think so yeah Come and it, it yeah. was not a fitting way to go out for him at all he didn't look not good all. and there was no time for the match like you said not much got a chance to breathe on this show yeah. this yeah. was a, a prime example of that right it was right. over as quickly as it began yeah it was it was like about a minute and a half long bam bam was about to hit stasiak with something stacy helped him escape it stasiak hits a rude awakening and boom that's it and i was like was Vince pissed at Bam Bam? Like, was this something like that? Or did Shane not like Bam You know? Like, well, it wasn't a title match. So I, I, I know think it was they the... were just like, let's just throw it out because it had got booked the week before. Yeah. And it didn't really have any weight on the show. So they're just like, oh, yeah. fuck, like give Stacy her, her moment to shine and fuck right. these other two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Looks like he never made the, he was offered, but never made the jump to TNA. Okay, so this would have had to been his last nationally televised yeah. match. And he passed away six years later. Yeah, yeah. Boo. Fucking terrible. Awful, dude. This was not yeah. a, a, a shining example of what Bam Bam could do in the ring by any stretch. Too bad Stasiak hadn't already gotten in trouble for stooging off the invasion at 17. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> they would have had Bam Bam throw him into the fucking ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Bam Bam, go boy. Go waterboard him in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> teach him, teach a kid a lesson. We've seen you throw that Spike Dudley kid. Throw this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then we get another Vince backstage. Uh, he's with Regal, and Regal's showing Vince his WrestleMania 17 jersey for some reason. Because he's hip with it. 
I guess so. Yeah. And he asked Vince if he's sure he wants to buy WCW because he was there and he knows it's a mess. And Vince is like, oh, thanks. Thanks for looking out for me, dude. Uh, peace. I got Trish in the room. <laughs> and uh, then, then you get DDP. Yeah. DDP's on DDP. a boat or some shit. And he's thanking the fans and he's using his real name and he's doing a motivational speech. Like he's just kind of he's already working up that what, what he's going to do with Christian. Yeah, he, he's thanking his wife who would soon become his ex-wife. Yeah, right. Oops. Yeah, he did. That's right. He did thank her. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then actually one of the coolest parts of the show was after that, you get a video of all the champions. Um, I thought it should have been before the championship match. They put it on the wrong part of the show, but it was pretty cool. Like you get a lot of, old, was. a lot of old school guys, like just, you know, um, still shots of a bunch of old dudes all the way back to, I think they showed Fez and shit. Notably, um, somebody was missing from that. And I want to know oh, if you caught it. Um, who would have been missing? Um, Flair. No, I know Flair was in it. Um, no, who was missing? Harley Race. Harley, I wonder why Harley, how'd that happen? Unless I missed him, but I mean, I watched the whole thing, and you're yeah. right, it gave you that sentimental, like, holy shit, this is, this is very historical, like, this is, this is a landmark moment in wrestling, what's happening right now with this show, because you're yeah, getting yeah. the entire lineage of the NWA title, but notably Harley Race, at least from what I saw, was absent from that whole package. That's crazy. Totally That's fucking a, crazy, dude. Sad. Yeah, either somebody was pissed or that was a major fucking oversight. Massive oversight. Unless, like I said, wow. unless I missed them, but I didn't see Harley in that entire package. Hmm. Okay. Bummer. Um, Our next match is for the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Championship. Primetime and Kid Romeo are the champions taking on the winners of the uh, previous qualification match, the Filthy Animals, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. Who the fuck uh, is Kid Romeo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. I knew everybody else in this match, obviously, and I'm like, who the fuck is Kid Romeo? Yeah. Was I mean, he like some dude that went through the power plant and got a job? Like, I don't know who he was. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I'm on it. Um... Scott Hudson points out that um, these are the four guys they're going to build the future around on the last Nitro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's quite he's quite the wordsmith. He has the best it's words. Fucking, it's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Our future is based on these guys. Oh, wait. <laughs> we don't have one. Shit. <laughs> Maybe he meant um, that uh, WCW Saturday Night Show that was on after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one more show. Yeah. The one more show we have. Yeah. Drunk fact for anyone who didn't know, this is not the last WCW show. What was it called? WCW Saturday Night was the name of the show? Uh, Yeah. They did one last episode of that Um, five days, I guess, five days later, sa that Saturday. Okay. So um, I tried to look that up, but it's not on Pecock. Damn. Um. Oh, uh, so there's there's a sign that says Bischoff Subway is hiring. <laughs> I saw that one, dude. That's hella funny. And did you notice during this match, fucking Shivani gets on Regal? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was says, we had pretty to put, good, dude. Had, we all done and did embarrassing things. We had to put your ass over on TV, Steve Regal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Skiavo not giving any fucks. He's like, fuck that guy. You know, talk um, shit. So this is the weirdest match I've ever seen in my life. I texted you, Scott. I don't remember if you responded, though, so you might have missed it. And I said, dude, this match is just bizarre. Um, I rewound it to find out if it was a tornado rules match, just like with the other one where I wasn't sure. Right. Everyone at some point pins everyone. Um, 
And that was the big takeaway for me on this match. It's like the other ones. It's like five, six minutes long. Yeah. Um, and it's just move, 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 move. So I'm going to give you kind of a br- brief summary. Um, I'm trying to find where it starts. Uh, uh, Kidman. Uh, okay. Let me see. Romeo gets back in and wipes them both out. He pins Kidman and neither of them have been tagged in. So now you got two guys in fighting each other. This match is a mess. Ray breaks up the pin. So Kidman is pinning Romeo, but neither of them have been tagged into the match. That's the beginning of it. Then I have Ray pins Romeo. Now I'm totally distracted by who's supposed to be in the ring. Elix pins Ray with an electric chair into a bridge, which is the craziest move I've ever seen. That was a good move, dude. Wasn't that badass? Yeah, that looked like it hurt on multiple levels. Yeah, to be able to drop to your back into a bridge like that from a standing position. Yeah. It was almost like a straight jacket German, kind of. It was really bizarre looking. Yeah. Um, And then Kidman, I guess I didn't write down too many of the pinning combinations, but Kidman hits Elix with an unprettier for for the win. In the last four minutes or so, I think every pinning combination happened, and there were zero tags. Yeah, it was Um, just hmm. no chance for this match to breathe, dude. They were just literally like back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back move, get a victory, next match, back-to-back-to-back-to-back move, victory, next match. It It was insane, the pacing of the show. Yeah, and this match just like took it to another level, but it was just like nobody, it, nobody cared if anybody. They were like, we don't even care. It, it felt like they just like let's go out there and do a bunch of fucking moves. Who cares? We don't need to. Don't fucking the referee will count whoever fucking pins whoever. Yeah, Ray and Elix were the legal guys in the ring, but Kidman fucking pinned Elix. Yeah, um, it's almost like they were like that's the last show. Who cares? Fuck it. Just nobody get um, hurt so we can go make money after this. Yeah, there's two weeks yeah. left of school. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I just really um, like that. Kidman crossbody into a pinfall attempt. Elix just gets out of it like a worm. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. He does that like where you stand up thing that the jumping bomb angels used to do. Um, I think Scott Hudson called it a matrix something or other. A matrix. I could move. see that. Yeah, it's kind of like that kind of matrixy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I mean, it had some cool spots, but the match was a fucking wreck and I hated it. Actually, it was my least favorite match on the show, I think. Yeah, it wasn't great. I would have preferred yeah. the triple threat tag over this one too. Yeah. Then right um, after that, quick... you have Sting. It looks like he's in a tent, not even in a room. He's in a tent with hanging baseball bats, saying he's he accepts uh, Ric Flair's challenge. Yeah, he doesn't really say much. It's short, and he kind of just is talking. Like, I don't even really know what he's talking about. Yeah, like DD, DD, DDP didn't even show up, but Sting showed up. Yeah, right. Um, then we get that AOL 6.0 commercial and I forgot Ricky Rackman was in it until I just got to my notes. Dude, that's hella funny. Yeah. Ricky Rackman. I saw him quite a few times on this show with short hair. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And then we get into the last match. Uh, first off you see Vince, uh, he's already in the hallway heading to the ring. Get just, uh, getting ready for that, uh, that big dick explosion that he's going to have in the ring announcing his power. (laughs) <laughs> this is your final match on WCW Monday Nitro. Ric Flair versus Sting. Scott Hudson even says that Ric Flair jumped to WWF, but Sting has always been loyal and bled WCW. He's not wrong. Nope. Yeah, right. Yeah, they made a big point of, of uh, saying that, that he never left. He's like the guy, you know, the, the top guy, because everybody left at some point, you know, and a lot of them came back, but he was the one. Mm-hmm. Um Flair wrestles in a shirt. Yep. Yeah. Which was actually always the most memorable thing about the show to me. Yes. Was that because I remember seeing it. I was like, what the fuck? Why is Flair Blue in a shirt? gear and a black nitro shirt. Like it just. Yeah. Cla- and he was wearing it under the robe. 
which was really like the fuck Come is out he wearing the a robe, shirt dude. for? Yeah, just, yeah uh, it looked weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, is that for a Halloween costume idea? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, flare back Sting into the uh, corner and Sting pushes him off and the, he takes a, a bump like the rock selling a stunner. <laughs> you know what I mean? He goes like ass over tea kettle, pops up. It was fucking great. He just like really was like, whoa, you know? He could always put um, Sting's power over, dude. That was always exactly, one of Exactly, yeah. Suits. And then he gets mad at Charles Robinson and pushes him and then Charles Robinson pushes him back harder. Yep. Which was funny. Um, and um, it's your classic Sting is out working the heel. Until, you know, three minutes in and then Flair gives him a, a thumb to the eye and then he takes him into the corner with some chops and punches, you know, and um, but then Sting quickly hits a hot hip toss and Flair takes a powder. And at this point, I realized like Flair has not stopped moving like he seems like he's in great shape. He probably would look fine without the shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know why he was wearing the shirt. He didn't. It's not like he came out there with a big fucking belly like when Stone Cold came back. Right. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Clearly. Like he looked shirt, like that. Yeah. He looked like he was in shape and he was working like he was in shape. So it was kind of weird. I mean, maybe he just didn't quite have his abs and didn't want to, you know, I don't know. Well, from if I maybe recall correctly, sunburn. his um, <laughs> self-confidence at this point was really was shot. shot. Yeah, yeah, he had zero confidence in himself. So that may be a reason he came to the ring with the shirt. Probably. And yeah. that sucks, I mean, dude. I mean, like, obviously, any of us would have been like, oh, my God, you're the greatest of all time. But when it's in mm-hmm. your head... Yeah. That's just, it sucks, man. He didn't wrestle like it. At all. At all. You know what I mean? He was great. He was good in his match as he always was. Yeah. This is actually a really good match. Um, Sting hits a gorilla press to slam and, um, you know, slams him, which I was like, shit, man. Sting, Sting's stronger than he looks. I know Flair helps him get him up there. Yeah. But still, you know, he's not like, you weren't surprised when Warrior could gorilla press a guy. But dude, Sting but gorilla Sting, press guys all the time in WCW. I know, I know, but it was still just, you know, I don't know. He didn't look to me like the guy who would do that move. So it seemed more impressive when he did it than when a guy like Warrior did it. Gotcha. You know? Um, and uh, we get, um, you get Flair doing the punches on the turnbuckle. You get your Flair. He, uh, Sting does that. I mean, sorry. Sting is on the buckle punching Flair. Flair does the front bump, you know, the Flair bump. Yep. Uh, but then he hits a low blow and it's like Ric Flair plays the hits. He's just bringing out all the classic Flair stuff. Yes. Which is exactly what everybody would want to see in this match. You know, you yeah. know, it's the last time you're going to see these two guys in the ring. And even the announcers are yeah. pointing it out. They're like, you guys have seen this hundreds and thousands of times, mm-hmm. but they can still get you right in the palm of their hands doing the same shit over and over again because they're so good in the ring. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, that's totally true, dude, because I was totally enjoying this match. Yeah. Um, Sting gets in a figure four in the middle of the ring, which went on for a while, but he eventually, I was like, shit, because I forgot who won this match. I was like, shit, is Flair going to win with a figure four? It went on for a while, but he eventually reversed it. You see them both um, reaching to try to get that momentum swing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Flair hits him with a couple chops after the figure four, but Sting hulks up and he shoots Flair to the corner and Flair doesn't make it over the top. He tries, you know, he tries to do his Flair spot in the, the corner. The flippy over the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the, yeah, to the apron. And I don't know where they would have gone next because it ended up Sting came and put him on the top rope and gave him a superplex. Maybe Flair would have, maybe would have gone over, ran across the other corner, run up it. And, and instead of getting tossed, he took a superplex. Yeah. Maybe he was going to get you know, it at that the makes sense. other corner. Yeah. Because that but was yeah, one of Sting his signatures. Was- he flip, run the apron, go up to the top mm-hmm. and then get slammed off. Yeah, so maybe that's what they were gonna do, but Sting Probably. instead just propped him up there and, and hit him with the superplex instead. But it was cool. Um, Goes right into uh, Scorpion Deathlock. 
Scorpion Deathlock and Flare taps out, and that's that. Yep. And that's the last match with, in Nitro history. And, and within, Sting helps Flare yeah, up. Within 30 seconds of that win, they're embracing. Yeah. 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 And it was by far the best match of the night. And it was still another one that was short. I don't think it was 10 minutes. No. But those guys went out and tore it up. They had a great fucking match. And if you're a WCW fan, a WCW historian, that's probably the part where you turn off the show and let that be your last memory of Nitro. Right? Because everything else yeah. after that is not WCW. It has nothing to do with WCW's history. Mm-hmm. I feel that they told a perfect story. You know, the matches were what they were. But by, as you said, Eddie, you're bookending the show with your heavyweight title match. And you end it with Flair Sting. I think Flair Sting is exactly how the last Nitro should have ended. So, again, I asked at the beginning, who booked the show? Whoever booked it? Say what you will about everything in between the title match and Flair Sting, but they mm-hmm. bookended the show perfectly. They really did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I really like the way they did it. I do too. And then it immediately cuts to A Raw. Hard and like fade you said, like that's into the simulcast. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's like you said, it's like you're watching Raw now. You might as well have changed the channel. Yep. It's really odd. It's really it's just an odd thing to see happen. You know what I mean? It's like if you're watching uh I don't know a Sharks game and suddenly you're watching a fucking uh, Ducks game. Yep. It, but but you didn't change the channel yourself. It's really just awkward, but it was really well, cool as a part of well, I mean, of, you when know, you want to watch real hockey, I mean, that's what you do. Hilarious. I know. We have a cup. Hilarious, Adam. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> All right. That's true. Hmm. Well, this past season, yeah, if you want to watch real hockey, don't watch the fucking Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. Yeah. They're the A's of hockey. <laughs> no, they get fans, but, dude. But don't sell that team. <laughs> that's tr- that's true. They can sell tickets. <laughs> Sharks have good ownership. Um, they just got to rebuild. But the A's sell the team. So when it cuts, you see Vince walking away from the ring up the ramp, right? And then Lillian announces him and he comes back to the ring. Right. What do you think happened there? Bad timing. I think I yeah, think the bad match timing, went long. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that they kept it on WCW too long. Exactly. They cut. He'd already been announced. They cut to him, and then he must have someone. Yep. He got down there. A stagehand told him, "Hey, you're just going live, or you're, you know, three, two, one." Yeah. And someone got you know got the uh, memo to uh, Lillian announce him again. I checked this, and he sort of I checked the segment. He sort on of Raw. played it off. Yeah. Yeah, and he sort of played it off as if like I don't like the way you announce me. Do it again. Yeah. You know, um, which was you know clever, like good improv. Vince. Yeah, heel Vince, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they cut to him a little later than they. The, the timing was off. Yeah. Um, but which I'm but sure then Lillian be- announces him the exact same way. I think he was more mentioning, uh, like he was more mad at the crowd that they needed to give him the respect that he deserved. Oh, maybe yeah. you're right. Which maybe he that's did what say it was. multiple times in his promo too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he did say that. You're right. That's probably what it was. But yeah, but that's what it was. Is it was out of sync. And he redid his introduction. Like, he's not going to be like, I'm already in the ring. You know, like, you're going to have me announced on TV on Ted Turner's fucking channel. <laughs> um, so, it was, and then I started thinking, like, I wonder how, like, technically difficult it was to pull this off. Because, like I said, they only signed the contract on Friday. Yeah. So, they had just from Friday to Monday night to work all this out. I don't know how difficult it is to even do a simulcast as far as, like, uh, satellite and all that, you know. I really don't know. Maybe it's super simple. But... 
You know, they just, it seemed like there were a lot of fucking moving parts yeah. going on for, you know, for a few days. Definitely. Definitely. So, and, and booking two shows and having them make sense and timing everything out, you know, like, like, and I know that's a big part of booking a wrestling show is timing anyway, but it's pretty impressive. You know, it's, it just seems impressive to have pulled this off fairly well and to have one thing be out of sync by 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's kind of weird too, to see him cutting when you see him cut away from a beach with a few hundred people to an arena full of people, you're like, wow, this is why Vince is buying that company. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It was almost like, like watching Saturday afternoon WCW where it's at a television studio and mm-hmm. then you're watching Saturday morning WWF and they're in an arena full of people. Right. Yeah. Right. It was exactly. kind of a nice little call back to the eighties right there. Actually, It was, it was kind of like that. Yeah. Like if you'd never seen any of this and didn't really know what was going on and you saw that, you'd be like, okay, this is the one buying that one. Obviously. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, you could just see it. Yeah. Um, so, and everybody's seen this, but we'll go through it. Vince is doing the bit about he'll sign the contract at WrestleMania. Um, when Turner comes out and begs him to sign it, it's just being a dick. Does it for 11 and a half minutes. It's yeah. long. Yeah, it's long. Um, it was longer than about... any match of the night, which is hilarious. Oh, God. That's oh, way right. longer. Yeah, Vince, Vince. Oh, dude, if you add this up with his other backstage stuff, Vince probably got most airtime. 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, he was you on know, more he... than anything else on Nitro. Yeah, he probably got more than double anyone else. Yeah, he literally uh, took made... over the night swing in his dick, dude. The whole he night. He really did. Yeah. Loving it. I guess Flair got the promo at the beginning, but I bet Vince still got 10 minutes more TV time. Than oh, Flair. easily. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um,. So he's like, he, he talks about Trish wheeling Linda down to the ring at WrestleMania. And then he starts going into the, what's he going to do with WCW? And he says, fuck it. He's burying it. He's like, should I make it its own thing or what is ah, I'm, I'm just going to bury it. And then he's demanding respect from the crowd. Oh, and he teases like, should I hire this guy? Should I hire that guy? You know, does that with the crowd. Yep. Shane shows up on the Titan Tron at WCW, which was now you know it's really cool you know now you have them both in opposite arenas talking to each other through that titantron yeah you got vince in a wwf ring and you got shane in a wcw ring which is just yeah i mean for 2001 that was fucking mind-blowing dude and it was really crazy concern yeah yeah yeah, he could sell it uh, yeah (laughs) he's facing he's gonna face him in a street fight in six days pissed off with him all the anger and he's like where are you yeah, and that was kind of it. Shane says that, and I'll see you at WrestleMania next week, basically. Yeah, so somehow the last Nitro, which should have been an emotional send-off, and really mm-hmm. was if he ended with Sting and Flair, becomes nothing more than a plug for Vince versus Shane at WrestleMania 17. It's what fucking great. Swing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously, dude. It is a total yep. dick swing from Vince, and he yeah. basically shilled the last episode of Nitro into a build for his WrestleMania match because fuck you. That's why he had two go home shows for WrestleMania on at the same time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And he still had another hour of raw to swing his dick some more. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, and then after that, the last couple seconds of Nitro being broadcast was it's just raw. Now it's JR teasing the main event of raw, which was, you know, it's like the rock and stone cold with Deborah taking on Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so JR was, closed out Raw, or closed out Nitro. JR closed out Nitro, yeah, which uh, JR, no, JR never was on Nitro. Was he never was on WWE Nitro. Prior to Nitro. Um, but he'd been in WCW years before. Um, and then it was kind of weird. It was a quick graphic that said good, good night and com- it said good night and, good night goodbye, and goodbye satellite. satellite. 
Yeah, satellite. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it had a nitro graphic on it, like yeah. a nitro logo. And it was like someone was saying, I think that might have been, I would love to get the story behind that. I should have tried to look it up. I wonder if anyone had anything, you know, if anyone could explain that on YouTube or something. It was almost like Nitro was saying that to the satellite. Like, okay, we're signing off for the night and somehow it made it to the broadcast. I, dude, I don't know. I mean, a good night and goodbye would have made sense. But like satellite at the, I was like, good. I was lost. Yeah, it was really weird. It was almost like a graphic they show to the satellite for the satellite to cut them off. I have no idea. I yeah, don't know I, what that is. But would it be interesting to find out, though, if anybody knows that story? Yeah, now that I think about it, I'll look it up and see if, you know, next recording I can have some kind of information on it. Okay. But um, uh, to continue on with Raw after this, Vince is pretty much yelling at his attorneys on the phone and he is pissed. Knocks over, yes, knocks over the right. champagne and all the strawberries and stuff mm-hmm. that he was supposed to have with Trish. Now it's all over the room and yeah, yeah. Did you watch that Raw, Adam? Uh, a lot of it up to that point. Okay, so I and went that, back because, like I was saying earlier, I, so like I was saying earlier, I wanted to see if those Vince backstage segments were on Raw as well. Not thinking about that, the first hour of Nitro Raw wasn't even on yet. It's not even watching and, Nitro. Um, so I can't, so I found that Vince's, so Vince's backstage segments on Raw were not at all the same as we're on Nitro. And he claimed to be backstage watching Nitro and he wasn't. Um, cause the Raw opens with Vince watching Nitro and Jeff Jarrett is doing something on TV. And that's when he announces he fi- he's firing Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was not on Nitro that night. Uh. You know what I mean? They pulled a clip of Jeff Jarrett. They already have the fucking tape library. They pull a clip of Jeff Jarrett, claim he's on the other channel right now. And then he fires him. And then what else? He did a couple of those. Um, Later on, he was watching. um, He's with Trish and they're watching Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell Bagwell backstage. Neither of Um, which were. They also also weren't on the show. And then, um, oh, I mentioned this. um, I mentioned this on the, uh, the previous episode. About Animal being in WCW at the time, he also looked at a clip of Animal backstage at WCW, who was also not at Nitro. Like none of the shit was happening on Nitro, but he's watching Nitro in his room. How it was really and you, weird. At a time you wouldn't know. You know, the only, only way you'd know is if you were taping Nitro while you're watching Raw. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was 2001, but yeah, they're just playing clips, and it was just like, oh, Ooh, I just want to talk this about this is guy. A but he's Nitro, not the show. you say. Yeah, and then the last one is he shows Dustin backstage, and he starts, which is hilarious, and this is a true story, he starts telling Trish about when Dustin wanted to get implants. Um, and because You've heard that story, right? And Dustin talked about breasts. doing that? Yeah, and then he goes from talking about Dustin's tits to Trish's tits, tits and he's staring at him, and he's such a fucking perv. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I find the Jarrett yeah. bit actually pretty funny because technically he did owe Jarrett one, dude. Absolutely he did. Yeah, Jarrett fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. I Jared mean, screw, Jarrett screwed him over. It, it, yes and no, it, right? Well, they did owe Jarrett money, but the way he went about things was not cool. He almost pulled I mean? a SummerSlam warrior on Vince. Yes, The way exactly. he had basically held him up for money. So yeah, Vince kind of owed him one. So I guess mm-hmm. in Vince's weird way, he got some payback that night. Yeah, right. He's not even there, but I'm going to pretend he doesn't fire him on fucking Fuck TV. Him. He's that was fired. The, the first hiring decision he made was Jarrett's not getting fucking he's, hired here. He did not get the job. double O, double N, double E, <laughs> gone. 
<laughs> um, so overall, I thought it was a good show. It was entertaining. Um, it had a lot of wrestling. You know, there was only one long promo and it was Flair. Yeah. Which was good. Um, and then, of course, you know, the simulcast was long. But, I mean, it was a lot of wrestling. It's the most rapid-fire wrestling show I've ever watched. It really was. It could have, it was, with having the simulcast taking up so much time, maybe it should have had five matches instead of seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and given some of them a little more time. Um, and none of them were bad matches, really. I mean, well, the Bam Bam one sucked, I guess. That was and awful. I was not a, yeah. And I wasn't a fan of the tag team one when they just started pinning everybody. Right. But, um, you know, it was pretty entertaining. It was probably a fun show to be at live, I would imagine. Um, the Faces won six out of seven matches. That's true. Oh. <laughs> Bam Bam was yeah. the only one that fucking lost. He, he was the only face that God lost. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> um, it's not and Bam Bam. God damn it. No, it is not. Damn it. And the only people who were on the show who were in the initial wave of the invasion were Storm, Booker T, Palumbo, and O'Hare. Oh. Stasiak. Yeah. Stasiak was a little longer. I think Stasiak okay. didn't come up for another like two months or okay. something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying like very, very early on, like the very first few guys, you know, um, were that. Stasiak might have come up earlier if he hadn't gotten himself in trouble. That's true. Good point. That's true. Yeah. So, and I mean, because they, well, they did have that whole plan for the following Sunday that got fucking thrown six, out because of Six him. days later. So he would have been part of it. So would a Hugh Morris. It was a bunch of them. But um, yeah, those were the only four on this show who were like part of the very first wave. And, and that's all I've got to say about the last Nitro. takes care of the last WCW Monday Nitro. What did you think of this episode uh, when it actually happened? And what do you think of our coverage of it? Please let us know on the social media platforms, uh, on Instagram, threads, Twitter, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and subscribe to our show. Please leave us reviews so that we get recognition boosts and we keep this show going longer than Nitro. On behalf of... (laughs) On behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm at reminding all of you to enjoy Buzz... Watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we will see you all next week for another great episode as part of our WrestleMania X7 month. One, two, three. Good night and goodbye, satellite. Dive. No, really, who the fuck is Kid Romeo? <laughs> You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stay.